welcome welcome everybody this is g7 voices with our boundaries i am your host with the most black man going with with my ace amen like that like that host with the most yes, yes. <laughs> yes indeed we're in here black man yes indeed energy up another sunday another beautiful day staying blessed staying guided you know staying thankful for all the great things that come with all the craziness that's outside and today oh, man. good brother you know a black man who has uh, experienced and seen uh, all the you know the trauma that people carry or had all the uh, the uh, the uh, the traumas that people come with and how he has held to support and give that uh, uh, that advice, that piece of advice that is uh, healthy and um, encouraging and motivating at the same time, empowering uh, families that have been affected by trauma and uh, abuse. Um, we are going to be talking with this today and uh, hope that everyone who's listening, wherever you are, everyone who's listening from South Africa, from Germany, and I um, mean, we have everybody from and thank you once again for supporting G7 Voices with And today we are talking healing and restoration. Healing and restoration. Um, he has served as the SDA chaplain at Howard University for 22 years. He's a licensed therapist. The family purpose project. He is co-founder of the program Steps to Restoration, which is designed to support women and children who are survivors victims of domestic violence. He was also selected as a pastoral responder to assist family members in crisis at the Pentagon during the 911 crisis and served as a member of the Obama Inauguration Mental Health Defense Security Team. He has conducted weekend retreats for couples, singles, teens and families and continues to serve as a clinical therapist and, pre and preceptor for Walden and Howard, and Howard County rather Howard University in Washington, D.C. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Mr. Larry Jones. Hey, what's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, hey. <laughs> morning, everyone. Good morning, Mr. Jones. Good morning. How are you doing today, black man? Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. It's a pleasure to have you. Uh, we're going to have a, a very candid conversation, you know, to get into the um the meat of all this uh trauma and uh, and uh the abuse that people go through and how you handle that and how you you work around with the communities individuals who have been affected um your your description and your your you allowing us to better understand what what really is is the source and what is the uh the, the journey that the these individuals go through and how can one be proactive all of that and more we're going to try and and try and, and, and get the content out so we can have a better understanding of what we we're working with first of all um, yes your 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 bio you know I mean it, it says a lot you the work that you do is very heavy and and I'm, I'm sure that it takes a lot on you as well as an individual so um, First of all, how did it come about for you to be 
this uh, individual who's driven to help other people? That's, uh, that's the simple answer that, that I usually blame on my parents. Um, my mother and father did that to me. Uh, we, we, we watched them um, with um, a tenth of the education that we've attained and help people, counsel people, and help people uh, to live better lives. Uh, that, that's, that's the simple answer. Right. That's the short one. So um, I see. So SDA, is that the Seventh-day Adventist? If I'm yes. Right? Yes, it is. So, um, so with the work that you do, is there a connection with uh, being a Seventh-day Adventist? Uh, uh, um, uh, is there a connection as far as the approach of work that you do, or do you also get more grounding? Like, that's more me, me being curious. Uh, uh, some grounding that you get from being a Seventh-day Adventist, given the, the, uh, their approach as, as far as the religion is concerned? Um, I am Seventh-day Adventist. Right. Um, the work that I do is not necessarily uh, necessarily denominational. Okay. Um, I, I help families, churches within the denomination, but also churches and families uh, uh, of what of whatever denomination uh, one is from, or non-denominational, or no denomination at all. Right. Um, uh, the 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 the, the venue has given me the opportunity to to serve um, more individuals or families because of the church connection but 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 uh, no my, my my work is not because I'm Adventist my work is because I'm a Christian right right so uh, when we talk about uh, first let me uh, go back all the way how was it for you working uh, for the Obama um, administration? What was that experience for you? Well, actually, I was selected by selected by Washington D.C. but by uh, the District of Columbia to serve as a part of the um, mental health um, inauguration team. Mm -hmm. uh, that 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 was, uh, I guess, you, you see, we usually see during inauguration lots of policemen, lots of uh, military people around, uh, securing, uh, making sure that no one does anything. Um, um, commits any violence. Mm -hmm. My position was to make sure that, uh, was to observe people um, to see if there's anyone that looks suspicious or had other, other, other um, uh, ulterior motives in being there. Someone that looked, uh, you know, just observing behavior as, as a behaviorist. That's what I do, observe behavior. So that's what I was here to do. Oh, so basically what it was during the inauguration, you was there like observing people in real time to see if there was anyone who might be suspicious or some sort. Yes, yes. So and, 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 and there, there were persons there that there were homeless persons there. There was uh, uh, one lady that, that uh, regularly comes to inauguration from, from New Jersey. Mm -hmm. um, that, that, uh, but she didn't get uh, close enough. I was near the near the left side of the stage, uh, but no one got no one got that close. Persons of, of that nature were, were usually picked out uh, long before they got close to the close to the inauguration stage. Wow, but that that must be uh, one hell of a role, man. You know, that's uh, you being on on your p's and q's every second of the minute. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and and that's that's pretty much life. And uh, uh, and and my job in this work, uh, I get to observe people. Yeah. Uh, observe people's behaviors. Observe people's words. Observe people's. Um, um, even to the point of almost almost determining how one is gonna how one is going to behave. Mm. So, oh wow! He <laughs> said, <laughs> "Oh wow!" Hey, Larry, real quick, what 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 do you look for? What, what kind of approach you know when you when you when you were doing that particular work at that time? What attributes were you looking for? You know, somebody looking all crazy, looking side to side, curious. But I was, you know, you know, well, I kind of word this. Because some people go, they, I guess they're looking, they'll be stealth. They're well-trained professionals of terrorism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? So what specialties of, that had your eyes so keen that you could see certain things beyond the normal person like myself and Nadi that would just see somebody, oh, he looks crazy. He's walking around looking crazy. We had actually gone through a uh, gone through a, a, several weeks of um, of orientation for uh, different type of weapons that people might might have, uh, different type of uh, whether that be a pipe bomb, whether that be a bottle of water, whether that be something that looked like a pen, whether the uh, what was under their clothing, what could look like look for under their clothing, uh, behaviors, and and uh, and as, as you indicated, you can look you can be in a in a crowd of people. And see, uh, yeah, see, see eyes doing crazy things, or, or, or seeing motions, uh, movements being um, very deliberate, with no uh, them having de deliberate movements without any uh, specific agenda. Mm. So, so why, why are you going this way? Even at one point, uh, FBI redirected me mm. because I was moving uh, within the space that I had. But they, they, they had to redirect me to a certain place because they weren't sure who I was. Right. So everybody's watching. They were simply watching behaviors and to see who, 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 who might have been uh, uh, carrying something or started carrying something that looked suspicious. Couldn't have anything. No one was supposed to have anything on them. But people were showing up with bottles of water uh, or what you thought were bottles of water, colored bottles, uh, uh, oh. opaque bottles. So everybody oh. watching everybody. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's very interesting. Now we talk about behaviors, and uh, what is the what are some of the things that interest you when you're watching people? When we talk about human beings, because human beings is a we are a very like the you know, unique species on our own. What are some of the things that interest you, or rather trigger you, or intrigue you uh, to be more curious and uh, to delve more into your work. People come for for therapy um, many times to say that they want something for somebody else. Uh, just observing that, mm -hmm. just that presentation, um, and hearing a person present hearing a person open up about their secrets or about their secrets or where they keep their secrets secret. Um, that, that even causes, gives, gives me cause to look deeper and hear more of what, 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 usually I can hear more of what's not being said than what's being said. 
someone may take may may sit may, may uh may for example hopefully no hopefully nobody's listening maybe they are some someone uh far far away from 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 uh this area mentioned once that he wanted to um uh, they wanted counseling couples counseling because something was going on with the spouse he presented something going on with the spouse but we found, we found later that there was really something going on with him mm. so just 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 behaviors whether that's uh children and and i take the position also uh, uh, uh bill cosby whatever you think of that bill cosby said that years ago this is more than 20 years ago um Sometimes we see a, we, we walk into a room. This is this is this is a, a, a sort of uh, how we train our children indirectly. He said a parent walks into a room and they see their children with white white crick with on with red and yellow and green crayons drawing circles on the wall. Mm-hmm. And what is the, what is the first thing that the parent says when they see that? Stop! What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. And the kids say nothing, or I don't know. We've already conditioned them, preconditioned them to tell a lie. Uh. Children see us as the smartest people in the world, and they know they're drawing circles on the wall. And the smartest people in the world in the world come in and say, "I don't know," you know, and ask, "What are you doing?" And I really don't much, you know. If you don't know what I'm doing, I certainly don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so we set them up to tell a lie. We can go further from that to uh, children riding a school bus, or children coming home from school. And uh, say a kid comes home from school um, um, and they say, I don't want to ride that old school bus anymore. I don't like that teacher anymore. Uh, I don't like them for this. I don't like that old stupid school. I don't want to go back there ever again. A parent can respond one of two ways. A parent can say, uh, what in the world happened? And the, and the child is likely to say, I don't know what happened. They just told me I can't come back to school anymore. Rather than if a parent said to said to that child, "Oh, that you must feel awfully bad about not being able to go to school anymore." Yeah, too. I, I don't feel. I, I wasn't doing anything. I was just being like everybody else. I just hit, they threw the paper at me and I threw it back at them. And you never had to ask a question. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we ask questions, we ask why or what. We set our children up. Or, or, or whomever the, the other party is, we set them up to tell a lie. Mm-hmm. Set them up to be defensive. Why, what, when, what were you doing? Why were you there? I, I, I went there and you hear them stumble because you asked them why. Well, you asked them what? Well, or, or where, where were you? Rather than, oh, being in that situation must have been an awful, awfully intimidating situation. Yeah, it was. I was thinking all these things going around me. People were shooting and people were running. You find out everything is going on without without ever asking what or why. Wow, yeah, that's powerful. So so so, so typically uh, with parenting, and and then we with parenting with parenting little children, if that happens when they're toddlers, three, four, five, six, seven years, three, four, five, six years old, then when they're seven, eight, nine, ten, they know already you've con- you've conditioned them and they've conditioned you how to respond. By the time they're 12 to set to 15, they've got it down. And more and more often than not, children, um, ch- children. Uh, one, one of one of my professors years ago and uh, uh, said that uh, children, Dr. Swartz said that children 
spend all of their waking hours trying to figure out how to get over on their parents. Mm. Because they, they know what you want. Mm. They know what you're going to say. And they're trying to figure out how to tell a lie around that. When we, particularly when we ask questions of why, why, why'd you do that? Mm -hmm. mm. <laughs> and, and, and if you ask them why, they're going to give you a reason. Right. right. Guaranteed. Right. If you're a parent, think of the times you've asked your child why, and the number of times they, they, they give you an answer that really didn't make, that, that really wasn't uh, consistent with uh, the knowledge base that they had. Right. Well. That's interesting, right? <laughs> that, you know, as, uh, uh, that's very interesting that in the society that we live in, <clears throat> parents, we uh, actually create the individual that is before us in terms of uh, telling the truth or changing their behavior. And when, <clears throat> so excuse me, and when, and when that behavior becomes an inconvenience to the parents, then you start blaming the kid. Mm -hmm. They can say, you know what, I'm the one who actually designed this because you're custom making that particular individual. We are. From, from how they walk, uh, uh, how they eat, how they dress, how they present themselves, how they respond, all of that, they, they take that from the house. And, um, and as parents, we always want to play the victim game. Like, I don't know why this kid is being like this. I don't know who, mm -hmm. where you get this from. I mean, like, you know, you start making all these different contrasts and we don't look from where the source is. We are the source. You know, right. Grown-ups, you know, so. But do you think that most parents, Larry, when you talk to them, do they uh, mm -hmm. take accountability for such? Most parents, um, particularly parents of uh, children that, that, um, that may be oppositionally defiant or, or um, attention deficit mm -hmm. issues, most parents will assign the responsibility to uh, the school or the children or the community mm. uh, rather than, rather than, than, than um, understanding that they're basically um, three, I call them the three P's of parenting. The three P's of parenting. To protect, provide, and prepare. A mm. job for parents is to protect them from, um, from things that they see, things that they hear, uh, things that they do that are not safe or, 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 or uh, basically in the sense of parenting with a purpose. If I don't want my child to, to, um, to, uh, to hang around with, um, with uh, robbers, then I should provide an, an, an environment for my children that, um, that is not conducive to that type of behavior. Mm -hmm. uh, we should provide, um, to, uh, protect them from the things that they see on TV, the things that they hear on the radio, the things that are protecting them from, 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 from environments or, or places where people do those things, where you don't want your child to do those things. Uh, if, if we, 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 um, the Bible part of it, there, there is a strong Bible part of me. The Bible says that uh, by beholding, we become changed. Mm 
Right. So if I continue to look at a certain thing, to see a certain thing, then my behavior, believe it or not, will change. Just, just because that's what I'm seeing. If I hang around uh, car thieves long enough, can you become a thief? <laughs> that, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. If, if I hang around uh, 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 um, uh, uh, scientists long enough, eventually I'm going to start to think like a scientist. So, so, so we're to protect our children and provide them, provide for them uh, 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 those type of an, an, an environments where they will grow rather than being pulled off to a subculture activity and preparing them, the other P, the last P is preparing them, preparing them to live independently on, on their own, to protect, provide, and prepare. Uh, if we protect them from those, from the uncomfortable things, or un unsavory things, prepare them, um, preparing them, uh, 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 providing for them is even providing, um, and this is, this is a delicate area, providing for them the things that they need, mm -hmm. And sometimes, sometimes our children don't uh, don't need. Um, I have a parent. I have a parent. I have a couple of parents. A couple of parents that uh, that uh, buy their children uh, two hundred dollars shoes. Right. When they're not going to school. Mm. Two hundred dollars uh, tennis shoes. When they're threatening their parents. Mm. Two hundred dollars shoes or shirts. When they're threatening to kill other people. I'm saying that now, they need shoes? Okay, you can get them some shoes that don't cost $200. Mm -hmm. uh, then you get the $200 and then, they, and then they assault you after you get them the things that, the, so, so providing providing for, for them the things that they need and not the thing necessarily, um, think everything that they want. They can get some of the things they want, but, but uh, that's, that's ultimately preparing them uh, to recognize and make distinctions between what I need and what I want. So now it, it boils down to, you know, those three P's that you're talking about, because if you say protect, provide and prepare, a kid comes and say, I want a $300 uh, uh, shoe, and the parent goes and buys it without any remorse or any guilt that this kid was doing some crazy stuff, you know, just day yes before yesterday, or he was cussing at the mother, and the mother just, you know, willy-nilly takes out $300 for the kid going buy the shoes. So that kid has been prepared to have that entitlement that I can get what I want and I can say what I want to say. And because these people in this house, now they are scared of me. Mm. So now to reverse that mindset on that child that listen, you talking to your mother or your father, you can't talk to me that way. It gets harder. How do you reverse that mindset in that environment? <laughs> it's, um, let, 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 let me give you, an, give, you, give you another piece. Because of who I am, the, the first wife said that I, I'm, I'm a chaplain, I've been a minister for more than 30 years. So, and I was raised, raised, uh, if, if it's not offensive to anyone, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, so I learned that uh, one of the first one of the first things to do is to uh, honor God. Mm -hmm. After you honor God, you honor your parents. After you honor your parents, you can learn to respect the community. Mm -hmm. So the, the parents' job, 
according to the Bible, is to train up a child in the way that they should go, not the way that they want to go, in the way that they should go. Uh, again, uh, a biblical uh, uh, application is that parent, this is not, some, not something to be done, done um, uh, callously or haphazardly. Uh, we're admonished to, encouraged to, in the morning when they rise up, uh, during the day, all through the day, and in the evening, we're to, we're to be, we're in love, mm -hmm. guiding them and directing them in the ways, in the ways of the Lord. Uh, so, so when, because when they get to the place of, of asking that, then, Natty, how do we reverse that? Hmm, that's, uh, that's a monumental task. Uh, reversing that is almost is not impossible, but uh, beginning with the premise that I offered, the parent, if if we've already conditioned preconditioned the child at two, three, four years old, right. now they're fifteen years old. You want to reverse something in six months that's been conditioned for twelve years. That's that's that, that's hard work. So how do you condition it? Uh, how do you reverse it over a lifetime? Right, right. Mm. Uh, because now we're, what we see in the society right now, when it comes to youth who are belligerent or they're acting whichever way that is negative and that is perceived societally that is immoral, um, would we say that most of those kids? will put the uh, point the finger to the parents or would you say that the society as a, as a whole is uh, to be held accountable? And I'm using the word accountable loosely, you know, uh, what would be your, your take on that? There is a, I want you to hang, hang this, uh, put this, uh, uh, hang this on the clothesline of your mind for a moment. Mm -hmm. There's something that um, I don't want to be clinical. I, I, I want to be pedestrian in my conversation, but I want to, when you hang this, this, this clinical phrase uh, on, on your mind, reactive attachment. Hmm. Hang that word. Now I want to give you four, uh, about four other areas where, where, where we look at to say, how, how do we get to where we got? How do I wind up being who, who I am? Everybody on the call and everybody on the planet um, lives basically uh, two or three of these four roles. Hero, scapegoat, placator or family clown, or lost child. Mm -hmm. Hero, scapegoat, placator, lost child. I'll tell you something about that. And, and, and everybody's family, whether you're a family of two or a family of 15, Everybody plays one, uh, one or more of those roles. Hero, the one in the family that does pretty much, you know, this is the one everybody looks up to. Right. Because they, 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 they get good grades in school. In school. They, uh, they clean their room. They don't talk back to the parents. They don't hang out late. They do, every, they do everything. Well, they're, they're just a great child. They're the perfect child. Then there's a the child, the scapegoat. Then there's the one that gets blamed for everything. This child can be out of the country, right. but if something's broken in the house, I know they did it. They did it before they left. They had to do it. Right. <laughs> Get blamed for everything. Right. Then there's the one that's the, that's the family clown or placator. 
that's the one that can walk in the house and uh, the cat is chasing the dog, the dog is trying to get the fish, uh, the, the, the stove is on fire, uh, the TV just blew off the wall. <laughs> this person walks in and, 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 and said, look, we got uh, Barnum and Bailey, uh, Ringo Brothers Circus right here in our house and everybody's laughing. <laughs> that was always a family clown. And then there's a the lost child. The lost child is the one that, um, in the face of all of that chaos, all that stuff going on, will put his headphones, go in his room, come home, put headphones on, turn up the music, shut everything else up. Mm -hmm. We'll come home, see all this stuff going on, turn around and go right back outside, sit on the steps. We'll spend hours at the park. They don't talk to anybody. Uh, somebody somebody will, will even wonder, what's wrong with this kid? Mm -hmm. they're, they're the one that, that, that separates from all of the chaos and from all the confusion. All of them, all of the roles, however, serve to do one thing. Scapegoat, hero, lost child, placator, all serve to direct attention away from where the real problem is. The real problem may be a physically abusive parent. Mm -hmm. The real problem may be uh, a parent with a drinking problem. The real problem may be a parent that has uh, that that that's dealing with uh, working too much. So, by working too much, the parents and the kids are not getting uh, adequate attention. But everybody will continue to walk around. You're asking Natty, how do we get there? Uh, continue to walk around the the the, ele the, the, the elephant in the room. The room, right? Other than dealing with what the real problem is, so children will do things. Uh, ch children typically act out. Here's, here's one for you. Children typically act out. Their behaviors are acting out hierarchical issues. They're not acting out their own issues. They're acting out issues that are happening above them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Children want security. Mm -hmm. They know when the home is not together. Mm -hmm. They know when mommy and daddy is not together. So they'll begin to act out. You know, you wonder, why is my child doing this? My child's never done that before because they're trying to bring the parent back to a place of, hey, you know, remind me and assure me that I'm secure. Assure me that nothing's going to happen to me. Assure me that no matter what I do, no matter how, no matter how poorly I behave, I'm still loved and we're going to be okay. Right. They want to know that mommy and daddy or mommy by themselves or daddy by themselves, whatever the situation, they want to know that whatever the situation is, they're going to be okay. Uh, let, let, let me add this in just as uh, A kid said to me several years ago um, in Northern Virginia, I'll say that, uh, in front of a classroom. He said, he, at 12 years old, he said he goes home and um, he drinks, drinks beer every, 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 um, every afternoon when he gets home from school. His teacher asked him, why do you do that? He gave a profound answer. He said, because nobody stopped me. Mm. Children will do what they children will do what they will do what they do. He was right. saying, nobody right. stops me. In other words, he was saying, if they're not stopping me, they don't care about me. They don't care. We brought his dad in, and dad heard dad heard that. And dad heard dad began to change the way his work schedule mm -hmm. and his own drinking. Because his kid, his kid couldn't say, Dad, you're drinking too much. Right. 
he started doing what he saw his dad doing. Mm -hmm. And his answer was, nobody's stopping me. When dad, when dad heard that, dad began to change his behavior. So hmm. do you see that when you, when you talk about, you know, those four different characteristics that you gave us, you know, the, the hero, the lost child, what, what is the percentage or the ratio between boys and girls who will react in that manner and grow up in those characters to become those individuals? Uh, when you talk about the statistics, you know, between boys and girls, what, what are your numbers with that? Well, because 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 we're all products of now, but boys tend to be more demonstrative in their with their oppositional behaviors or ADHD behaviors. Girls girls become more not reclusive, but 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 they'll they girls are not as much in your face. Boys with their behaviors are going to be in your face. It's no secret. The school knows it, the home knows it, the community knows it, the police know it, everybody knows it. Knows it. Um, uh, the, the other part that, that I, I asked you to hang that word on, hang, hang that phrase in your, in your mind, reactive attachment, mm -hmm. yeah. because all of us on the call and everybody in your community and everybody in your house deals with one or more of those, those four, hero, scapegoat, lost child, figure. Right. All of us deal with one of those. Like the shape. And then, and then we grow up, or then we continue our lives trying to get what we, trying to fill that hole, that, that, that empty hole in, 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 uh, in our bellies, trying to get something that we never got. Mm -hmm. I take the position that everybody got something that they didn't want and wanted something that they didn't get. Mm. I don't want to do therapy, but everybody got something that they didn't want in their house and wanted something that they didn't get. The reactive attachment part of that is that we're always, with the rest, for the rest of our lives, we're reacting to that. Mm. We're reacting to that by, by, by aggression, uh, people that suffer from, uh, from, from depression. I give you a little cute phrase about depression. Uh, depression, uh, depression, we call the common cold of mental illnesses. Mm. Everybody gets it. <laughs> if you live in this world, you're going you're to have depression at some point. Everybody gets it. Everybody gets the common cold. The other thing about depression is that we know that depression is the result of unresolved anger. Mm -hmm. Anger is not knocking out windows and knocking over furniture and cussing my parents. Anger is not getting something that you always wanted, or mm -hmm. getting something that, or getting something that you didn't want it but you always got. So we reactively we live our lives reacting to those things, and, and whatever we do. Hmm. So when you talk about mental health, I mean com uh, common common you say the common cold of mental health. Uh, mental illnesses, yes. So, um, I guess for when you say everybody goes through depression, but we tend to overlook that part of depression and tend to wait it out and say, nah, I'm cool. Even though someone can see that you are depressed, but you want to play cool and say, and not to make it look like you are in that state of, uh, 
need or you need help, um, do you think that uh, many people, they overlook their depression status to a point where it becomes their personality, where they end up like locked up in that in that state of depression that it's hard for them to come out? Very, very, very well said. Uh, so much to the point where, where it's not, well, we do know that more than 62% of Protestant Christians suffer from a low-grade depression. Mm. So, that's, 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 that's hang that out there. It, 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 so, so this, and then this low-grade depression, um, because we're trying, we're, we're trying to. Well, one thing that happens happens happens. Uh, I, I know, I'm aware that it happens often in the African American community. Um, I've been in homes where, where folks, where I've heard parents say to children, "You better stay." You know, you, you, you or, or, or many parents say it at Christmas. Mm -hmm. behave yourself. The devil's gonna get you if you don't behave. If you, if you be a bad boy, the devil's gonna get you. Right. Or at Christmas, what's the song? What's we sing? A song we sing uh, about being naughty or nice. Right, right. Mm. Yeah, and, and if you're not, if you've been naughty, you're not, you're not gonna get. We impose guilt mm. on our children. I know what we want to get, but then. Then, then I'm living with this guilt, uh, which, which again causes anger, which again causes a low-grade depression. Right. Then doesn't get, get resolved, and then I go someplace else, and somebody wants me to do something, um, and, I'm, and and the first thing in my mind, if I don't do this, I'm going to be. They're not going to like me, so I'm imposing more guilt on myself. Mm -hmm. So, so then we become performance-oriented. I'm doing things to make somebody else happy, rather than being uh, being in a safe place and being allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. Right. You know, I'm going to raise one question here, uh, uh, Mr. Larry, and of course we're going to move on to um, other um, interesting good stuff as well that you will share with us. You know, mm -hmm. you spoke about, you know, the, you made a good example with Christmas, you know, if you're not being uh, good or naughty, you know, Santa Claus is not going to come down through the chimney. <laughs> <laughs> So now, and when we first started, you mentioned um, how we, as I mean, parents, we actually teach children to, to lie. We actually teach the children to uh, fabricate you know, statements that will benefit them because they know what you're going to ask them. And then when they actually use that to their benefit, then it's something wrong. So case in point. We tell kids that Santa Claus is coming down the chimney. Uh, you put the milk down the, you know, on the table and the cookies, and then you wake up in the morning, the cookies are gone and the milk has been drunk, and Santa Claus came through and drank that, and then he left the presents down the Christmas tree. So isn't that a lie on its own that we, we actually make up and kids actually believe that there is a real Santa Claus that goes up the chimney and comes down the chimney and drinks the milk and leaves the, the, the presents uh, under the Christmas tree. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> this from a point of, you know, how we actually mm. lie to the kids and we mm. tell them a, a pure lie every 25th of December, 
for until they are 15 or whenever they way out of that whole thing of the Christmas and then the milk and the cookie jar and all that stuff. Uh, they believe they are so like adamant that something <clears throat> on the chimney. So what, what do you call that? What do you call that when you, <laughs> when you talk about God? <laughs> exactly. We've, we've, we've just, as you, as you started with, we've just conditioned our children mm -hmm. to lie and that it's acceptable. Mm. It's okay. It's mm. just, oh, oh I know, no, we call them, they're little, little white lies, right. then they're big black lies. Mm. And, that, and that one about Santa Claus is just a little white lie. Yeah, right. But, but, but we, put it, we put it in the atmosphere, we put it, we put it, put it out there in the air, and then we learn what we call, as I said, what we call a little white lie. Well, well I, I, I know I told my mommy I was going, I was gonna go to my friend's house, but I'm gonna go to the store instead. Right. So I, I know I told my husband, I, 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 my, my, my wife was gonna go to 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 church. And you go to, to club, in, but I went to club instead. You went to the strip club and went to. Throw <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean that's that's uh, I mean, of of course we overlook that, but it's actually a foundation of how kids are conditioned, you know, and, um, and when we get surprised when kids start to uh, act some type of way or uh, respond or do things best off of the platform that you gave them when they were growing up, you know, like the tooth fairy, you put money underneath the pillow, you know, you wake up, you know, there's a dollar, the tooth is like, you know, been going wherever, you know, and kids now when they don't see the money under the pillow when they wake up, like what happened to the tooth fairy? And then you, you lie to them and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you know, that's all the, um, the, the stuff that the society, of course, you know, implants on kids, you know. Now, let's talk about the, you know, you talk about uh, survivors, domestic abuse and uh, domestic violence. What's the severity of the domestic violence in America right now? Ooh. Particularly during the uh, pandemic, we, 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 we know that um, uh, violence, uh, abuse, abuse on others and abuse um, uh, of substances has increased. Um, again, um, violence or traumatic behavior, traumatic patterns, we overlooked for years. Uh, we call uh, trauma um, uh, something that happened to, to Vietnam veterans called Agent, uh, Agent Orange. We call uh, Oklahoma City we call the bombing at the at the uh, Pentagon. We call those we call those traumatic events. Right. But um, we now know that most trauma in this country, probably around the world, take places in our homes. Mm -hmm. Most trauma takes places takes place in our home uh, because home home ought, home ought to be a safe place. Right. Uh, home, however, is, is not a safe place in, in, in many instances. Um, uh, being a, if, if, if home is a trauma center, home ought to be a trauma center. Coming back to where you, home ought to be a place. Um, oh, for example, we we'll go back to the why again. Um, some of you, uh, no, you guys, are too, all you guys are too young. Uh, who, who remembers um, when um, the quarterback for the for Washington football team? Broke his leg. Eisman uh, broke his leg backwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I I I was watching that game, 
and then they showed it for the next week over and over and over again. <laughs> he broke it backwards Lawrence, yeah. from, from a hit by Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. Now, when the, when the medical team went to the field, nobody said to him, Joe, Joe, you know you're going to get hit, man. Why, why didn't you go down? Right. Nobody said the why question. Mm. They offered three C's to him. They offered care, compassion, and concern. Mm. In our homes, do we offer compassion? Mm. Do we offer care? Do we offer concern? No, we batter each other. We batter our kids. We batter our spouses, uh, significant others. We batter each other mm. rather than offering compassion and care and concern. And then someone would say, some, someone said, would, would say, like my uh, a good friend, the Apostle Peter, well, well, well Lord, uh, how many times have I forgiven? I forgive my friend now. Seven times? Seven times, right? If I let it go seven times, I'm good. No. Uh, the Lord said, 70 times seven, like 490 times. Mm -hmm. In other words, endlessly, over and over and over again. But, 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 but when our children do, do something, he said, I told you that if you do that again, I'm going to do such and such. Rather than offering compassion. So you're asking, so, so what, 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 what are the, the numbers with, with the abuse in our families? Mm -hmm. how many, how many, how, how, so a parent can ask himself, how many times have, have, have we wounded our children's emotional feelings? Uh, my I used to say, my father, I asked, how did I get here? My, my father, my father was a talker. Mm -hmm. if, we did, if we did something that he considered wrong, we broke a glass, we broke the TV. We're going to get a lecture about that for about uh, the next 17 hours. <laughs> Right, right. Where say, please hit me, hit me with a two by four, please hit me, and hit me, we can get it over with. It won't hit no more. <laughs> the, the, more. the pain won't go away. Right. So we grew up also with a lie, many of us, sticks and stones may break my bones, the words will never hurt me. Yeah. One of the biggest lies perpetrated, perpetrated uh, to mankind, because mm -hmm. words uh, are terribly harmful. Yeah. They never leave. Right. They never leave you. Again, so, 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 so how damaging is the abuse? Uh, Mildred Muhammad, um, the ex-wife of DC Sniper, said to me that um, her, uh, her ex-husband, her late husband, never hit her, never put a hand on her. He really didn't yell at her a lot, didn't yell at her. But the subtle, damaging tones that he left have scarred her and her children for the rest of their lives. She just made an announcement, by the way, that her son got engaged. Uh, young John is engaged to be married. Mm -hmm. But, um, but uh, uh, words, words, uh, terribly damaging, terribly damaging. Mm -hmm. And then, and and then, ch children, children feeling insecure again because the parents are not. I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you anymore until you can tell me what, why you did that. Right. Not speaking, but we've learned, it's just as damaging as the yelling. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Not to cut you off, Larry, right there. So when you have parents, when they say, I'm not talking to you until you tell me, what happens in those situations where a parent has been, you know, doing the right thing and everything that he's doing is pretty much by the book, you know, the book of parenting, if there is one. Um, and, 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 but the kid just seems to want to go their own way because they choose to. Or, and, um, and then if a parent gets to say that kind of, those kind of words, uh, do you think it's because a parent is giving up or the parent is actually not sure what else to do to make or to help that individual, that child, to realize what they're doing is wrong or what they're doing is hurting the, the family? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, parents, uh, parents become frustrated. And, uh, and and give up on the inside, even though they may not give up on the outside, mm-hmm. uh, and, and, and begin to blame themselves. Mm-hmm. They'll never admit that they blame themselves, right? but they blame themselves. And uh, while at the same time, children, children are, are losing security. And when the child distances himself, the, parent, the child um, loses more security. Mm-hmm. My parent doesn't know what to do with me. So uh, once again, welcome everyone who's joining us and mm. join us this is voices without boundaries we are talking with mr larry uh, uh we're talking healing and restoration um anyone who's got a question or you want to chime in please feel free the the chat line is open and on facebook live as well people see you joining us in there thank you for joining us from wherever you are in the world we appreciate your support and um mm-hmm. the world needs a lot of healing a lot of restoration um both myself and Tariq, you know, as restorative justice, you know, uh, facilitators and, 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 you know, in the, in the communities that we work with, you know, we, what you are talking about, and of course we see, we see the byproducts of where they're coming from and uh, how can we help or how can we restore, you know, it's like me buying a car at the junkyard, right? It's going to take a lot of money to make the car to look the way how I want it to. It will get there. But it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of, uh, <laughs> you know, designing to make it, you know, have a different aesthetic. So when you talk about restoration in your in your work, what are some of the challenges that you come come uh, come up to when you have to work with families or individuals who have been uh, subjected to violence or trauma? Two things: um, um, perpetrators of, 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 of violence um, choose their choose their victims. Mm. They pray. They, they, they tend to prey upon those that are uh, are less secure in themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they prey upon the weak. You know, we call it the weak. Um, so. Finding a way to to uh, and and then I, I I can call them weak, but but most women that are in uh, physically abusive situations don't leave readily. Matter of fact, most of them most of them don't, don't leave. Period. Mm-hmm. Not because they enjoy the abuse, 
but mostly because they feel inadequate in and of themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they've been living, well, I've known people, uh, we've, we've moved uh, uh, steps, to ration, steps to restoration, moved people from, Was from Washington State mm -hmm. all the way to Maryland. After maybe a year, two years of working with them to restore their self-confidence assuring them that they can make it by themselves but 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 on most most women don't leave because they're living in the security of, of um, let's say they're living in a in a quarter of a million dollar home right how are they going to replace that mm. so they'd rather or see neither they rather it's easier to remain subjected to some of that inappropriate behavior rather than live in a basement apartment in somebody's house so in in in, in a sense and again because uh, uh, we understand that this this is a very of course a sensitive subject to to those that one leave those situations but they cannot uh, because uh, they have been already uh, restrained by fear because those individuals sometimes they follow them, they threaten them and all of that stuff. But for for that minority that is able to leave the situation and uh, based on what you just like actually use a very good example, the materialistic part of it, that I cannot leave living in Bethesda or Chevy Chase or wherever and go and live in an apartment in Southeast because I actually have uh, now secured a sense of humility because I'm safe. I don't have to worry about this person coming and slandering me and putting hands on me. Uh, but I would rather subject myself to living in this mess right here because the outside inside is, is going to give a different perception, right? So how then do you work with that mindset of someone who actually feels that they would rather live in that toxic life because of the benefits that comes with living the lifestyle as compared to having to uh, protect themselves and move out and preserve their humility and their dignity, you know, and move on and find other some means of, you know, uh, surviving instead of having to subject themselves to, to such. How do you, how do you work? How do you restore the mind of that particular individual? Because that person is hurting, they are hurting. They will continue to hurt. So there is no healing. So the healing it never even actually materializes, and you can't even restore because that person is living a lie. They know they can live, but because of what is around them. And then they get trapped up with that. So how do you work with that? It, it, this idea of therapy or counseling is, is a process. Um, there, there, there are two things, uh, re-educating while building self-confidence in an individual. Uh, survivors of troubled families have, have difficulty knowing what normal is. Mm. They've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Survivors of troubled families have difficulty uh, um, recognizing their inner strength. 
they have difficulty being proactive. They have difficulty understanding uh, uh, systems and how somebody else's behavior, behavior affects them. Uh, one nurse uh, told me some years ago, um, I was doing a presentation in Brooklyn and a nurse rose to her feet and said that, well, sometimes we deserve the abuse. Mm. Why is that? So, so, so it's a mindset. A woman that didn't feel real good about herself somehow, somehow felt, you know, because, well, well sometimes if, I, if not, if, uh, they, say, they say that because, well, they told me what, what they want me to do. And because I didn't do that, I got hit. I got punched. No. Just not feeling good about themselves. Right. So, 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 Natty, it, 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 it is a, it, it's a work in progress. It's not an event. Right. It's a process. Right. Uh, I, I don't know that uh, because all, all of us are somehow, you know, some all of us didn't get everything that we wanted, and all of us got some things that we wanted that that, that we didn't want. So we're all in this process of recovery. Um, so we continue to work with them, uh, normalizing um, uh, life, uh, giving them a voice, helping them to recognize what normal is, uh, helping them to recognize that they have the right to make mistakes too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. I have the right to make mistakes. As long as I'm doing, as long as I'm going to deal with the consequences of my mistakes, I have the right to make mistakes. Right. You have the right to have a voice. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And. Uh... And I guess we also seeing the, the 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 violence and the abuse. You know, of course, it's not only physical; it comes through many forms. You know, you've got race. Racism is also on its own. It's a it's a it's abuse on its on on itself. You know, on human be on humankind. And we see that now with what's happening with the the Asian uh, you know um, systemic racism that's happening. You know, where mm -hmm. it continues to build up. You know, it's it's it's, it's like you're reading a you are reading a book, you know, it's a chapter to each, every book, you know, and at first it's, uh, it's the COVID and then it's the Black Lives Matter and then it's the, all these other, you know, it's the, the presidential elections and then you have the, you know, the, um, the, the big, you know, relief, you know, around America that, oh, we have a new president, we have a first female black president, vice president and, uh, then you have all of a sudden you have this riffraff of course the, the vaccines and all that stuff and all the numbers going down and then you have out of the blue you know of course the uh, the uh the the capital thing that happened the, uh, in, in, in you know uh resurrection is it the what's it what you call it the what the uh, uh insurrection Insur oh insurrection thank, thank you black man thank you Deo. My vocabulary went out of uh, uh, my head for a minute. Yeah, so thank you. Uh, but we might as well call it a resurrection, you know. So, uh, but uh, uh, then you have the Asian hate crime that is now just like blowing up. And all of that, you trace it, it goes back. You know, there's always a route to each and everything, you know. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying this from a point of when you say there is, it's, it's a work in progress. How do you then work in progress when you actually, you are patching up something, then you, you kind of like 
go on auto cruise like okay now we cool and then all of a sudden you hit a bump and this bump is not just a small bump it just destabilizes everything that you just faced because now with where we are and then we go back now we're looking at where now the asian community is walking outside with fear they have to look around who's doing what who's saying what who is like no uh uh inciting something that might make me feel un unsafe in, in my community and um how do you work around with such rising you know violences that torment the human you know the human human being that torment human beings on an everyday life as a therapist you know how do you work around that this country is in uh, bad shape sort of uh sort of um let, let, let me ask um just sort of a pre-contemplative question uh who knows what normal is mm. right always said yeah <laughs> uh, so, so so again i ask you to hang that phrase on your mind on, on the line of your mind the reactive attachment absolutely we're trying to get to normal mm -hmm. But we're trying to get to a place that nobody's ever seen before. Mm. We're trying to get to a place uh, racially that's never existed in this country. Mm. So when blacks or Asians or Hispanic um, ask or, or, or make moves for equal towards equality, um, we talk about education. We, we had we had this thing several years ago. I think it's coming back about uh, what what is it? Uh, desensitivity training. Um, mm -hmm. uh, um, why? Why? So I I ask the question: Why do human beings need to be sensitized to human rights? Right. I have the right to drink from a from from a fountain. I have a right to go to a certain bathroom. I have a right to have a certain job. I have a right to go to certain places, but those rights have been denied. So, so, so even the country is reacting to this. To, to we uh, people are reacting because something that something that was uh, imposed against uh, black and brown people. Right. Um, uh, the, the the Dr. King talked about um, uh, black backlash. If blacks get to the place where they're having this, doing the same thing, uh, we're we we no we're no better. Um, um, working with people again is because I don't have, or, or, or I get to the point of asking couples because, and, and I say couples because let's do it this way. Our homes are microcosms of the community. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that one's similar for a Absolutely, absolutely. Because so, right, so whatever goes in our homes, in a larger sense, that's what goes on in the community. In your community, in your neighborhood, in your city, in your state, in your country. What's happening? Let's find out what's happening in our homes. What, what are we developing in our home? Are we developing uh, uh, honor for God, honor for our parents, and, 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 and teaching respect to our children? If we're not, look at the community.
Mm-hmm. Nobody respecting God, not respecting parents, and not respecting community. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get to the place where pa- parents, individuals, families say sometimes, um, but that's the way it's going to be. Whether it's, you know, whether it's where you and I agree with or not. I said, well, so I have to say to them, but if you're comfortable with that, if you can live with that, if you're okay, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, 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 you say, what is the new normal? Or rather, what is normal, rather? What is normal? You know, I was talking to a, a group of students yesterday, and I was asking them the very simple question, what is normal? So they were perplexed, you know, in a way, because they were like, well, normal is when you do something you know, over and over again. So, uh, so I made an example with how we now wearing masks, you know, at first people was complaining, oh, this mask, I can't breathe in this, no, this thing keeps coming down when I'm talking, or this thing uh, it hurts my ears, but now people have become accustomed to wearing masks. People don't forget them, you know, people used to forget their mask when they run to the store and then you have to go back, go and get your mask because you forgot it and then it was so inconveniencing. But now because we have found out the routine, it becomes normal. So the normal, which means we adapt to normal. So normal is, is what? Is anything. That is everything from, from, from what it looks like. But then when you look at it from a deeper context of it, I might be wrong, but there is that normal that is also uh, a pandemic on its own because it comes with its own detriments that affect the human society, the mindset, you know, the, the, the cultures, the values, the norms, the morals, and all of that. You can name the list goes on. And then going back to what you said, reactive attachment. Because reactive attachment, you know, is always, it seems like it also benefits when you talk about the racial, on the racial part of it, it benefits those that had power and control. And then, uh, but when the things, t- the tables turned around, now they're the ones who want uh, that uh, kind of a- the attention that makes them feel like, no, I was not the one, I didn't do this, but then what did you do to make things to change around? So, of course, this is uh, me just kind of like, you no, know, venting about it a little bit, but more so uh, on, on you as far as uh, the, the work that you're doing, the healing part of it, healing, how much of the work is needed from the victims for them to realize or rather to, to, to work hand in hand with what, with you to help them heal from whatever traumas they might have endured. Um, so my question is, how much of the work is needed from, or do you get from the victims to the receptive, to the healing process? Simplifying it, simplifying it for, for, for them and for the nation um, is, is simply asking, uh, I, I do these fours, and then it comes to another four, expectations. Mm-hmm. The country has, um, human beings have expectations. 
families have expectations. Individuals have expectations. Expectations um, from a spouse, a child, from an employee, employer, uh, from a principal, from a president, a governor, expectations. Each individual in order to have a, 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 a some sense of give them that word again normalcy mm -hmm. has to decide what it is that they're expecting mm -hmm. because unfulfilled expectations is what leads to frustration disappointment yeah. unresolved frustration leads to anger unaddressed anger mm -hmm. leads to rage Mm. So we simply go back down the continuum. Right. Expectations. Mm -hmm. What are the expectations? Because if someone is frustrated, you simply go back to what the what the expectation is. Absolutely. If someone is angry, go back to what the expect, expectation is. If someone is burning buildings, you go back to what the expectation is. Expectation is that I get the same cut that you get. Mm -hmm. I just saw. I just. I just saw uh, 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 last night that um, 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 who was a girl, Sue, the, the WNBA basketball player, Sue, Sue something. Um, LeBron, over the last fifteen years, has earned uh, millions, millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. She has accomplished the same thing for the WNBA. And she's earned less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in the same same time period. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. It's, it's like Ron's my boy, but how does he get fifty some, you know, uh, billion over a period, and she gets a quarter of a million? Hmm. How does how does um, my child with the same education? From the same university, gets looked down on when the the Euro-American child has the same qualifications, no more, but get looked look, look highly upon. Right. So it's basically down to expectations. How how, how the wife is being battered uh, or being abused uh, verbally. They simply have expectations that that be accepted, and 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 not just women get battered. I I I I I know husbands that have been physically abused, right. battered. That's one, and and the woman the one man said to me, "Let it do it, man. Let it let it do it." This but you're in the street. <laughs> don't, don't let it happen in the street. You beating this dude down in the street. But uh, and for me, it all starts with expectations. When people, each individual has to decide again what their expectations are their frustration level, their anger, and their rage. When it gets to anger and rage, then we need to back up all the way back down to expectations. What is it you expecting? What's expecting in the community? Mm -hmm. What's expected racially? What's expected socially? What's expected in a familial way? And what's expected individually? Mm -hmm. Wow. So, um, and once mm -hmm. feel free to chat, to drop a chat line uh, and ask questions with, for, I mean, Mr. Larry, if you have any, or if you want to, uh, chime in please feel free i know that right now mr larry you're on the floor you, you know people are listening and this is very insightful in many ways um the 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 restoration part of of a 
you know, like you said, it's a process and it's a, and it's a work in progress. It doesn't come overnight. You know, there's a lot of challenges that come with it. You know, I'm sure that most of your clients that when they come to you, they, they you help with what you can help with, you know, the support that you give them. And of course, they go back to the same environment that triggers the those primary uh, um, uh, concerns or primary um, uh, triggers that bring them to your office. So when you restore, are you rest when you when you when you're doing your restoration, and or rather when you're doing your healing and your therapy, do you get any pushback? Say someone is coming for like no, I'll use an example again, a very uh, tangible example, you know, abuse. You have a wife come being you know, abused by the husband, you know, whichever way, and you get to a place where you are, you you like to have the other significant other to come and be part of the session, so you can now restore the other part. How receptive, or what is your? How likely is the other? part more than willingly uh, open to come to participate in the therapy? Um, I say to my wife sometimes, I guess, but the therapy, um, in, the, in the therapeutic process, I don't tell people what to do. Mm -hmm. I don't provide options. Choose one. Um, the therapeutic process is, for me, asking how much, how long are you willing to accept this? Right. Which puts them in a pre-contemplative, pre-pre-contemplative place. How long are you willing to accept this type of behavior? Mm -hmm. Or what are they, or what are you willing to do to live differently? Takes it off of me. Is it on them? What are you willing to do? And uh, they can come back a week later or two weeks later and say, oh, you know what? I thought about that. Um, there have been instances where I've had a couple uh, together in, our, in my office and, um, and, uh, and they began, to, they got to the late place of, uh, to that third phrase, phase of anger leading to rage. Mm -hmm. And I had to dismiss them. This is not going to happen. You know, if you, if you do this at home, you can do this at home, but you're not doing it in my office. Right. <laughs> uh, there's only one time that I told, I told somebody what to do. Um, a woman said to me that um, her husband was an ex-policeman. was a policeman. And they were having an argument. And every time, but he said, he got to the place where every time they have an argument, he would take his gun out, his pistol out, and put it on the table. Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's intimidation. Absolutely. Which is abuse. Right. One time she said that the time she got, but she came to me because he didn't just take the gun out. He's a policeman. They're having an argument. The gun went off. Mm. I said to her, don't go home. She, she said, but that's my house. My father left me that house. That's my, I said, don't go home. She said, that's my house. He's not going to put me out of my house. 
I said, don't go home. Right. <laughs> and what did she do? She went home? She went home. <laughs> you know, but when you go home, this is that, when you go back to that situation, um, mm. you know, he's a policeman. The gun, gun, gun didn't, didn't just go off in a policeman's hand. Right. Mm. Oh, that's, that's, it, it, it cuts deeper than, you know, what it looks like. You know, there's a, a lot of, a lot of support that is needed to help individuals, you know, in relationships and, um, and also the society in general. And let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you a moment. When you said lots of support, that's what I most, I mostly provide, primarily provide is emotional and conversational support. Mm -hmm. Many of these women have never been heard before. Mm. They can't tell their parents. They can't tell their siblings. They can't tell their children. I'm a safe place. Right. They can talk about anything, tell me anything and everything, except you're gonna hurt yourself or somebody else. Mm. Those are the only two things I have, I, I'm obligated to report. You're gonna hurt yourself or somebody else. Otherwise, you can tell me anything. So people come with that. And they do want to tell anything and everything until they get to the place eventually where they'll begin to, after they get it all out, yeah, some, 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 of them do, some do get to the place where they can say, yeah, you're right. Right. I, 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 I've been hearing what you're saying. It is time for me to do something for myself. I can't, I can't tell them to do something for themselves. Absolutely. They have to get to the place to recognize that themselves. I plant the pre-contemplated seed. Right. Mm. But I guess it's also Larry having to. Oh, how can I put this? It's uh, like you say, getting into that place where they admit that yes, you was right. I've been listening, but I, I haven't been reacting to what you're saying. Hopefully, they get to that place before it's too late before things get to a place where it's um, deadly or anything more than just crazy happens, you know, where, of course, someone gets, like, you know, arrested and for, for forever in prison or someone dies or uh, a whole lot of things can happen. Hopefully people, you know, we get to that place. And, and, and I understand, you know, I'm saying this, you know, um, it's easier said than done, you know, because we all walk different walks and the path that we walk, you know, some people might walk faster than some of us. Some might get what you're saying quicker than the others. And, um, but for the most, it's, there's also that place of denial that now nah, they're going to change. Now nah, it's going to be all right. You know, it was my fault, you know, and then we started pointing fingers ourselves that we are the victims because that person is reacting or doing things that they're doing because of me. And then you change your behavior and your characters to compromise to allow the other person to be around you. And then only to find that that person is actually prepping you for their benefit because of the control. And then now they can do whatever they want to do. And, um, mm. And, it's, it's, and then it gets to a point where it's late for that particular individual to change. And it goes all the way back to down to the kids. How do you change, help change the mindset of the kids? You know, if you know that it's very toxic, how do you change that before it's too late? And it's never too late, you know, like, you know, 
like investing money. It's never too late to invest money, you know. So uh, you might have like, you know, had a lot of money, you know, the past 20 years, but never invested anything. And then you wake up one day like, you know what, I got to do this. So it's okay. You can start then. So I'm sure it's more about being uh, proactive than reactive. And, um, and it's also uh, accepting your failures as a human being. And those failures, they, they don't diminish your character, but they actually strengthen you to be a, a, a better human being because you have something tangible that you can use and say, I've done this and I've done that and it didn't work for me. How can I tweak it? So if two was one, let me make one be two and then see what happens out of that. It gives you a playground. I mean, you, you, you may uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong with that because, uh, like you say, we are a work in progress. Yes, we are a work in progress. As, as grown-ups, we do things sometimes to uh, benefit others and we forget about ourselves. We do things to um, make others feel like that part of control and we forget about our own control. And we, uh, uh, we, we allow the society to also have that dominance on how it perceives us. And then when someone is feeling traumatized in the house and then they're scared to leave because, oh, what are people going to say? Because I had this flashy wedding. We spent so much money, you know, going, you know, got married and everything. And now, like, all of a sudden, is we're going separate ways now you think about the stigma that comes with it so which one is better me leaving or me staying because of the the glitz and the glory that came with the wedding you know all of that stuff you know and then my image you know somebody just said here uh, some people make uh, some people mistakes mistake abuse for uh, uh, controlling obsessive behavior as a show of love and care and that's something difficult to convince a person otherwise um, so it's, it's, it all boils down to us as individuals. Like you said, you cannot tell someone, but we can suggest. And for you, I mean, this is your profession. I know uh, and, and myself and Tariq, we're listening to you sharing all these gems to, you know, to individuals who are here and everyone who's listening. Uh, because this is what you do and you observe and you listen and you watch and um, you you know when to prompt you know when to uh, suggest and like you say they, they they comes a time where you like you have to tell someone like you you gotta you don't don't do that because mm. rightfully so because you know when it's going to the left you know it's no longer a left it's like triple left so what's gonna happen um, I'm saying this to say I mean I'm gonna give you like you know, the, the platform to, to think to close up for us you know uh, because it's the power that we have as individuals, it gets taken away. The power that we have as individuals gets polarized by what we think people think of us. The power that we have as individuals gets diminished by the uh, what we watch and what we listen to. And the, that power is actually there around us every day when we go to sleep and we wake up you know that whole 
Of course, we're not by ourselves in this universe. Whatever is around us, whatever religion, whatever people believe in, but then there is a power within the universe that gives you the courage to even think that I'm going to do this. You thinking that I'm going to go and drink water, that is the power because something is telling you to do something. And then the rest of the other stuff, of course, it comes with the insecurities that come with it. And sometimes insecurities, they only tend into insecurities because of not having that support, like you said. If there's no support, and then, of course, everything that grows around is just going to continue to, like, deplete, you know, that, you know, and strip you of your your values and, and who you are. And um, it's, 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 it's really a lot of things that we work with as a society that we sometimes we take for granted that, when we see people that are in such situations, we don't know what is going on in their world. We don't know what they are fighting. Some of them, they're just fighting. They're all, not just, they are fighting, having to come out of what they are fighting. <clears throat> so uh, uh, I, 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 had, I, I just had that to say, you know, and because I felt it's, it, you know, talking about it, you know, it's, it, it brings a lot of fear you know, of course, fear sometimes is unknown, but when you know what you are fearing and you don't run away from it, how do you feel? How do you restore? But, but you, know, no, you know, go ahead, Larry. You know, there's an acronym for fear also. Mm -hmm. False evidence appears to be real. Yes, indeed. So, and you mentioned a moment ago failures. Um, the Asian community considers those as opportunities. Mm -hmm. I call them failures, call them opportunities. If we didn't do it right, we have another. If, if we did, you can be better, good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better, better. You keep getting better. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd be remiss not to give you this before I, before I go. Healthy families establish, you know, work, work, working together. Healthy families work together. That's number one. Uh, allow children to make decisions but making decisions after you've given them options mm. you make them think you they make decisions we say okay you can you can choose chocolate vanilla or strawberry you, mm. you, you, you're still making the decision right but they can pick one of those right. chocolate vanilla or strawberry uh family rules establish family rules uh, family rituals, whether that be a weekly family meeting, a monthly family meeting, have some things in place that they know are going. They know this is going to take place. Mm -hmm. They know all, all of my father's working life. I knew what time he was coming home. I knew what time he was going to work, and every day he was home at the same time. I knew that we were going to have a family family meeting, family worship. I knew that those things were going to happen. Establish rituals, whether they're eating together, uh, churching together, picnicking together family meetings together. And uh, for parents particularly, uh, encourage critical thinking for your children. Love it. So you used to do this. Uh, um, uh, I gave my daughter years ago, um, uh, somewhere in her early teens. Well, I'll tell you what, if you can make, um, you, if, if, you're, if your reasoning is, is more sound than mine, we're gonna go with yours. Right. It'll give you some critical thinking. Make, make, make a decision. Not we're going to do this because I, because I said so. We'll do this because your mama said so. Right. Uh, do because, that's because I said so. Let's, let, let's discuss this. 
and have a democratic have a democratic uh, home rather than an autocratic home. Do it because I said so. Mm -hmm. And then healthy families um, uh, certainly have support and love and caring and security. We go back to those three C's. We had the three P's. We got three C's. Uh, three C's of, 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 of home being a trauma center, care, compassion, and concern. If your home does, if you if you do that in your home, you can. Uh, um, it's not going to happen over a week. It's not going to happen over a month. But you keep with those three things: care, compassion, and concern. Your children will be. You will be better. Your children will be better. And recognizing that uh, parents that they got three P's: protect, provide, and prepare. Right. And recognizing all the other stuff that comes, uh, uh, the collateral stuff that comes, starts with expectations. Mm -hmm. Know what know what you're expecting, and have that be a realistic expectation. Don't wake up the morning and say, "I'm going to become a millionaire." Mm -hmm. Okay, you can do that. What are you willing to do to become a millionaire? Right, right, right. Larry. You, do you have um, information that you, could, that you could leave in the chat for people to uh, contact you or just follow you, possibly on social media? I, I'm not sure. Do you have any? Do you have an IG or anything like that you can leave with us, for our community? Uh, 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 I can. Uh -oh. where, where's, where's your mom? Maybe she can, she can help me with this. Okay, okay. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, while this Larry's still uh, figuring out his IG there, you know, he's probably going to connect like right now. You know, if he wasn't on IG, he's going to go on IG the next coming 30 seconds. So uh, uh, we, we really, really appreciate your, your support, everyone who came through, you know, to uh, listen to today's segment. This was, uh, you know, the, the three P's are actually applied to, to this segment today. How do we prepare, you know, to protect, you know, and, 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 and provide, you know, for, for, for our own, you know, stability as humankind, you know. Um, yeah. And we really appreciate and thank you for all the support that you guys give us. And it's, we continue to, to work as a, as a society and as human beings to, to make a better Indeed. world. To make a better world for, not for ourselves, but for generations to come. <laughs> Even though maybe in the next coming thousand years, people will be living in Mars. So we don't know, but that's what's happening, and we continue to make things work for us. Mr. Larry, you got your, your information there? Right. Trying to get it together now, looks like. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, let's continue. And, and, and co please check us on uh, www.g7.com, g7nation.com. That's where you'll find us and uh, on Instagram. And also, you can also check our previous recordings on Spotify. Just go to Spotify and go to Voices with Dash Out Boundaries with Boundaries without Boundaries without Boundaries. Uh, Voices with Dash Out Boundaries, and you can check us again on on our, our Facebook G Seven Dash Nation G Seven Dash Nation. All right, all right. Yeah, bye. Yes, indeed. And thank you once again for everyone who joined us. Yes, that's Mr. Jones' information there. Anyone who's interested to reach out to Mr. Jones is a man to go to. You know, he's the man with the answers. He's the man with the suggestions. You know, reach out and support. You know, by supporting, support, power. I'm, 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 I'm,
facilitator, not an architect. I, I, I can I can help facilitate. Right. Not an architect. <laughs> yes, indeed. Understood. <laughs> Absolutely. And and once again, thank you very much to everyone who was listening to us today. We appreciate your support. This was Voices with Our Boundaries with Mr. Larry Jones. Voices with Our Boundaries. And as always, on the flip side, in Germany, I don't know what they will say at this time of our, you know, you know and, uh, thank you to, 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 to Miss Lavon. I see you came through. I appreciate your support as well. And Mr. Peter in Canada, thank you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Hey, J. Rod, Peach, Tanisha, Todd. Jake, Roski, my man, it's Raina. Always a pleasure having you on our podcast. You know, we always like you know want to show. You know, they say give people the flowers when they're still alive, man. You know, give people flowers. <laughs> flowers at the Everyone here deserves them. Yeah, let's show love and support to everyone. Appreciate you all. Stay blessed and stay guided. Peace and love. This was G Seven. We out. Peace, blessings. Yes, indeed. Oh, 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 oh,